Well, hello there. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from a beautiful, cool, and sunny Key Largo. Not too cool. Cool for, actually, it'd be positively beautiful uh, a couple hundred miles north of here. So, But it's a little cool for down here. It's around 70 degrees, which I love. I absolutely love. I like having the windows open at night. I don't like having the AC on because I'm cheap. Nope. Because I like to... uh, I like to have the windows open. There's nothing, I, I don't care where you are. If it's temperate and nice, it's just, it just gets me in the mood. It just makes me feel more invigorated and I'm ready to do stuff. So if you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender Podcast, it's a podcast about bartending life and Keys life. Today, we're going to delve into something uh, about mental health for people in the service industry in particular i think you can probably apply it to everything but uh every every workplace but i'm going to try to focus on the uh, you know how well i focus sometimes but one of the reasons people get in the service industry especially when you work uh, front of the house is the flexibility and it's flexibility and pay we you know it's very rewarding you work at the right place you get to uh you're always in demand for it you get the freedom of you one week if you're lucky you can work 60 hours the next week you go a little lighter go on a little vacation you don't have to wait once a year to do it you could just load up and do plenty of hours and a lot of managers and people that do the scheduling realize that you know when someone's doing a lot of cover for someone else that there's some reciprocity that's involved and also in um if you're fortunate enough to work in a place that uh provides it you know the 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 level income you can get over a course of a week is pretty high pretty high there very 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 flexible you should i don't think you should be working in the business if you're just making subsistence wages because there's a it's a hard work and the benefit should be you know you're working in fun atmosphere you like to do it and you're making lots of money if you're not making lots of money doing hard work change it so i rarely complain about it i'm not one of those people that gets um you know angry about bartending i don't say uh, i wish i wasn't a bartender i enjoy being around people that are have an expectation when they come in there they're having a good time rarely rarely do i get uh, a general feeling that people are coming in with the intention of being unhappy that's for like doctor's office dentist's office showing up at uh, the dmv or you know to to any uh any any myriad offices people show up at or workplaces they're not necessarily there because they want to be there people go to the supermarket because they have to get a hold of food go to a hardware store probably because they have to fix something they show up my place of work they're there to have fun but the flip side of that you're also vulnerable when you work in these industries to mental health issues First of all, your sleep schedule's a little off. Your you know your your downtime uh, fluctuates, and there's a lot of substance abuse that occurs. Uh, 
And it varies for different people and uh, the different issues they have to face. So I'm going to try to address some of those issues and see things that you could do to be supportive of your own mental health and not the people that you work around you, that work with you. Uh, the, the flexibility of schedule, that comes with some caveats there, doesn't it? Uh, a lot of studies have uh, gone through there that having a regular sleep schedule is most optimum. And I think it averages, and I'll just pick a, arbitrarily pick a number, about seven hours for a baseline of good sleep. And I, I struggle to do that even on a regular schedule. Even on a regular schedule. As I get older, I have to get up in the middle of the night to pee. And sometimes when I wake up, I have a hard time going back to sleep. People go with other issues too with the sleep schedule, getting home when you get home at one o'clock in the morning. Sometimes people need a little time to unwind and they end up being up till two, maybe three in the morning. And then they lose, you know, some of the valuable daylight because daylight, uh, having a little sun shining on you is good for maintaining, uh, you know, your vitamin D and just your mental health, being awake, you know, being only awake in the nighttime, you can get that seasonal disaffected disorder, I think it's SDS. And if you work, so fluctuating from an early schedule to an evening schedule, kind of put your sleep patterns in a tizzy. So, you know, it's probably best if you can maintain to, if you're someone that gets home at one o'clock in the morning, to try to get to bed as soon as possible, if you're going to do that, or if you're going to sleep, you know, try to sleep three to 10, three to 11 every day. For people with multiple jobs, you can't just maintain that. You have to do the best you can. And a lot of that, the way you can, I feel that you can, and, and I'm not an expert, I just know this from life experience, that I throw a nap in there when I'm not sleeping too well, just a half hour to an hour, it kind of remedies that fatigue we feel from that. And being fatigued contributes to poor mental health. It makes you, uh, it makes it more difficult for you to adapt to the, the fluctuations that you have in, in uh, you know, the challenges, remaining upbeat. So the more rested you can be, the the better you are to prepare to meet the challenges of the day or even to enjoy those things that you need during the day. So get plenty of rest. Another thing, because of fluctuation of hours, we find time to do things for ourselves. Do we find things to do, uh, uh, you know, things we need to do? We have necessities. We have to feed ourselves. We have to uh, do the laundry. We have to go shopping. I guess that's part of it. We have to take care of our bills. We have to take care of the relationships uh, we have at home. If we have relationships at home or with our friends, if you're single, you know, with your significant other, with your children, that's a necessity. You just can't disappear because of your hours. So you have to find the time. And a lot of that has to do with being more regular on schedule. And you can, and, and there are ways of doing it. There are ways of doing it. You just have to be a little more creative. 
with the naps, taking a nap when the, my wife's out having her hair done. She's usually gone for three hours. That's maybe once a month. And it's time I use some little self-care. I do a little rest, relaxation, watch whatever I do, do a podcast. Spend time with the daughter. Make sure when I'm off, now when I have time off, I make sure I am allotting time, spending it with my family, not spending it away. And for those of you single, spending time with your friends or doing the things you like to do. And don't short sell exercise. Regular exercise is great for mental health. You know, doing doing the things that you have to do to take care of your body, eating, eating regular, eating healthy, exercising, seeking medical attention when you have that. I know it's difficult for people that don't have health care. You should seek out all the options you have available. There's low cost options. There's online health help health. You could do uh, virtual doctor appointments, and there's just there's some low cost alternative and. Trust me, if you don't take care of yourself, it'll cost you in the long run. So being ready and being prepared helps you at your job, but it also helps you with your mental health. We have to deal with people that uh, sometimes get difficult. And there's unique problems for different types of people. For single parents, you have to take, you know, spend a lot. It's a lot of stress taking care of your child. And you have to seek as much help as you can in order to alleviate that pressure on yourself, holding down the job, being flexible for your job, and then being flexible to be able to take care of your children. Very important. And there's other unique problems depending on uh, uh, for women in the workplace. There's a lot of issues when it comes to sexual harassment, especially in the service industry. I've seen it. Now, some people let it just, it's water off a duck's back. They just ignore it. But I really don't know what they feel. Sometimes they tell me, they said they don't like the way someone's treating them. And it's important. If you you see something or hear something, say something. Don't let it go on. Don't let it fester. (laughs) That's for patrons. If it's a coworker, you definitely have an option of going to your manager. Hopefully, your management team would be responsive to you. And it's important as a coworker, as a coworker, to check your behavior to members of the opposite sex. Mostly, let's be real world there. I know it happens sometimes the opposite direction, female to male, but it's mainly male to female. Let's be real there. And being supportive of your coworkers, not just, you know, being able to talk to someone and say, hey, listen, if you're a guy and you're another guy and he's being a little too touchy-feely or or tough with the language on one of these female coworkers, you can go up to him and say, hey, listen, I don't think she really appreciates that. You know, say it in a friendly way. If the issue doesn't get resolved, then it has to be resolved by management. Unfortunately, the your management team is responsive and professional enough to be able to handle that. And there's other issues you can handle with your coworkers. You can be supportive of them. So you see people we work with sometimes appear to be struggling at work. And when you work in such close quarters with people, it helps to be responsive. And no person is an island. 
We work as a team and we're in a team environment. And when everyone's doing well or doing better than they do their baseline that day, then everyone is rewarded. I, I'm a really big believer in that teamwork aspect, making sure there's not too much pressure on someone when you see someone struggling. And sometimes they're struggling because of their mind is not on their job. And that happens someday. Some days you can't, there's so many things that happen to someone that you just, just can't shrug it off and put it down. Which sometimes we have to pick up the slack for them. When it comes repetitive, then it really does have to be addressed. But people, everyone has one of those days. So being supportive of your coworkers, and when you see someone being is struggling, maybe with issues at home, it could be someone who's having, you know, there's spousal abuse, struggling with um, their finances, struggling with their own mental health, with that of a loved one. Uh, being supportive, uh, I'm not suggesting that you have to really, uh, depending on the relationship you have that person, whether you want to extend a financial helping hand or helping direct them to a resource that would help them, a mental health resource. Say, hey, listen, I have a virtual, you know, I go see a virtual doctor for mental health. Uh, there's a lot of resources available for people like that. And it's nice when you commiserate with people, but there's a balance there. And I know this. I've known people um, in all aspects of my relationships, personal relationships, familial relationships, and work relationships, when they, they feel very emotionally attached to someone else's well-being. And it's not necessarily someone that's close to them, but they're feeling particularly sad. And they, they're they doomsayers. They tell you about everyone that's sick, everyone who's having legal tr trouble, everyone's having a marital problem, everyone having that, that any ailment. And uh, you can, there is such a thing as being overly empathetic. Now, this is the tricky part. You want to be empathetic, but you cannot make someone else's problem your problem so it hurts you. It's detrimental to your mental health. When we're in, we have a, uh, you know, when we really have tight uh, relationships with people, you have to be sure to be able to take care of them and be uh, helpful. And they show that you can be helpful. But when it starts, it's 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 similar to that we hear on an airplane, when you air travel. When there's air mass uh, drop, when there's loss of pressure in the cabin, it's important to put your mask on first. Or if you're you're swimming, you have to be able to be able to not just save that person, but to make sure that you survive too. And that's not ignoring the person, but that's not also becoming a victim. So you have to be careful 
I've had instances where I had to show up. Uh, I've been called by a mental health professional who had someone under their care who was a coworker, a former coworker, and I was listed as their emergency contact. Little to my knowledge, I was. <laughs> at least one particular time and I had to go there and I wasn't really ready to handle it. I, 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 I went because it was life or death, but it was early on sobriety about 16 years ago, my first round of sobriety. And I spent the night uh, talking this person off uh, of a very dark place. And it, it affected me. And matter of fact, I went back to smoking for about four months. I know it's a small thing you think, but that's detrimental, detrimental to your health too. So well, all these things, yeah. when we look at the benefits of working in the service industry, there are some drawbacks as there is in any job, but it's best to be prepared when we're dealing with them. Okay, I'll be back in the second half of the show. Well, I'm back. It's a, as I said earlier, it's a beautiful day here. And I don't know what it is recently that I've noticed a trend, another trend. Uh, we have a, uh, it's no secret to the people that live down here, at least in Key Largo, and I'm sure the rest of the Keys, because I know it's just not emblematic to my neighborhood, that there's a lot of people moving in here. We had a lot of new construction, uh, a lot of people moving in. A lot, it's tourist season, so we have a lot of visitors, people that come in and rent homes. And it's, and a lot of people rent homes so they, uh, or rent vacation properties properties it just seems it appears and i do the podcast from my family room my family room has a big uh sliding glass doors in front of uh it overlooks my front uh lawn and driveway and while i'm doing the podcast i see people walking by and a lot of people walking by in this neighborhood are walking dogs are walking dogs and it used to be you see I would see a lot of people walking one dog. I cannot recall a time in my life when I've seen so many people walking three dogs, three dogs or more. Now, now um, it usually couples. And I saw this one. They had, uh, they had three. It, it appeared as if three dogs. It could have been four. It could have been four. I, I just don't know where the multiple dog family, it's, it's like the Dugars. I guess the people or the family says, you know, who, who has 19 kids, you know, you get one dog, you get another one. My, my, my sister did that. I was always a one dog. My family was a one dog family. A one dog. We always had one dog. We may have had another cat. At one time we had two cats. I took one time we did have two cats, but yeah, one dog, maybe one cat. That's it. And I imagine if you're not, if you're not working, yes, maybe two dogs, but three dogs, you just see them walking around. You got the leashes just walking. I don't quite get it. I don't quite get it because I know our local shelter here, they always have these, uh, Foster dogs, these dogs that are abandoned. 
And I think it's probably because of the people with these ideas that you have to have two dogs to keep the other dog busy. Now, if you need to get an, um, if you if you need to get two dogs to keep the other one company, trust me, one dog. There's one, if you have one dog, and you get my reasoning here, that one dog, if it's working the reason you get the dog, that dog wants to spend time with you. With you. Now, if you don't spend enough time with your dog, maybe you shouldn't have gotten a dog anyway. But if you get another dog to keep your one dog busy, and then someday you decide you don't want to take care of any dogs, that's just double the amount of dogs. It just seems to be so many abandoned animals. I see stray cats all over the place down here. I'm sure you've had it in your neighborhood. But we have we have chickens, we have cats, we have possums, we have iguanas, snakes, all the different types of birds. Uh, fortunately, we don't have a lot of stray dogs in the Keys because it's not a big, uh, it's not a lot large land. But if you go about 30 miles north of here to a place called the Redlands, there's packs of stray dogs there all over the place. That's where people go when you're done with them. Now, we've all heard of horrible people that do that with their children sometimes, just leave their children. And I'm not going to go and complain about the irresponsibleness of taking on a responsibility that you're not ready for, and then you just abandon a child or a pet. And I'm not talking about children right now, I'm talking about pets. Maybe you should think about getting a plant first, right? The responsibility, if you can't handle a plant or a goldfish, and let me tell you about goldfish. There was, a, a, you know, people just getting these fish. They win. I never really under understood that, that you would go to a carnival and they used to give out. And they still do it. I'm sure they still do it. To have a little ball with a goldfish and that'd be your prize. And you take the goldfish home. And within a week or two, you know, you may decide to get fish food or may not. You may try to throw a ham sandwich in with the, the, the fish. And then you end up the fish floating on the top. You throw it in the toilet. And a lot of times it turns out the fish isn't dead. That's the reason why. In a lot of places where uh, they can survive. They become the large koi fish, or or you know sunfish. You see, I don't know exactly what a goldfish becomes. I mean, it doesn't change. It just when you put it in a large bar, or you take one of these, uh, uh, you know, indoor fish, and you put it in a bigger body of water. If it survives many times, it grows a larger size. Yeah, it kind of thrives there. And actually, it's not really good. That's why, well, we have people, we have the Burmese python. We have a problem with the Burmese python. And don't ask me where the Burmese python comes from, because it's in the name. It doesn't come from python. It comes from Burma, which I think is Myanmar now. But they were pets at one time. They were pets at one time. And uh, during the 1930s, they did filming of... Uh, Tarzan movies. 
in uh, Florida. And at one point, monkeys got loose. And they could survive down here too. We have a place called Monkey Jungle in uh, in uh, Miami-Dade. Oh, it's a fun place to go to. But they, uh, you know, some monkeys got loose there. And the response, I just don't get the responsibility. You just, people take on responsibilities on a whim. They do it on a whim. They take on, uh, it, it's emblematic of the way people don't put any forethought into uh their decisions that they make. Think about all those things that you make. You go and say, well, I'm going to get a dog. I'll get another dog. We had three dogs. I had friends I work with uh, at my previous job, and she had three dogs. Two of them were sickly. And in the middle of the day, I said, well, I got to go home and take care of my dogs. And because they left in the middle of the day to take care of the dog, they took on a responsibility to take care of the dogs. I understand. But the people that work with them was taking responsibility for filling, for filling in for their job. Now, it's your responsibility to find someone to take care of. Them. If you're going to, if you're deciding you're going to work a double, but you need to leave for an hour to walk your dog, then you either have to find someone to care for them or ask your coworkers. I never understood when the person would go and ask the manager or the owner if they could go and do it. Because really what they're doing is they're inconveniencing the people they work with because of their choices that they made. If you, if you can't stay for a double, maybe you shouldn't agree to a double. And this way, we'll have an extra shift available for someone else. People say, listen, I need it because I need to make the money because I have all these dogs. That's your decision. I love animals. I love dogs. And one of the reasons I don't have a dog is I'm not home enough. And I realize how attached they get. And I'm supportive of animals. I love, absolutely love animals. And someday, if I have enough free time, I will have one, maybe two. I don't need to do that because I only need one dog. Because that dog, I know, like I said earlier, that dog, if you do treat the dog the right way, only wants to spend time with you, not the other dog. And if you have to get another dog to take care of that, and then you're you're on an endless cycle, you're, you're getting in an endless cycle of purchasing dogs because one, uh, and the way dogs are, they live anywhere from 10 to 20 years. And now that some uh, medical research or some um, new discovery thing, oh, there's a way to maybe increase the longevity of dogs, especially smaller dogs, meeting the smaller dogs. And you go, wow. So that'll be something. You're going to get a dog, you know, eventually have dogs that live 30 years. So how how is an older person supposed to get a creature, let's say you're an older person, you get a creature when you're 70 years old. Now they figure out how to keep the dog for live for 30 years. You got to live to 100 years old. Who's going to take an animal? 
It's a guy named African Gray. They can live up to, what, 120 years? It's run. It's, it's selfishness. It's selfishness. These animal, animals get attached to you. And people say, well, you got to take care of them. They're out there now. They got to be taken care of now. I agree with you. But, you know, you got to stop breeding them. There's plenty of dogs out there. There's no dangers of dog becoming extinct yet in, in the United States. There's no dangers of dogs coming extinct. They got to stop these uh, factory farms and things like that. Like I said, I love dogs. I don't like seeing stray dogs in environments that make them unhealthy. You know, especially up in the northern plains where people are dandying their dogs. Or you get a dog and you tie it up outside all the time and they get infested with fleas and ticks. I mean, I don't think if you have a dog tied up outside, you don't love dogs. You like the idea of having a dog. You're using it. A, you're using it as a security. I mean, instead of paying ADT for security, you're going to get a dog and mistreat it and tie it up outside. You, you know, it's just like getting adopting a baby. These things need. Uh, you got to care and love for them. Just, it's it's not like a baby deer you find that's been abandoned by its mother and he raised it and just say, well, be free. I know it sounds like a bitch session, doesn't it? By that. But I'm just talking about taking responsibility. I, I did have a dream when I was in college that I would get older and I would retain all my wits as I get older. And by the time I retire and look significantly older, I would still have my wits and I would be able be able to harass younger people in a vigorous and humorous fashion. You know, as a as a geriatric heckler, if you will, to sit on the porch, uh, much like Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence and stuff like that, or the guys in the barbershop. Just, I mean, that is a dream. If I could be invited to uh, a black barbershop, white barbershops, they just seen these white people. They just get, well, I mean, sure, maybe it happens in black barbershops too, but the, it seems like the older white guys in, in uh, white barbershops, they just, their, their mainstay is, uh, for, for a lot of them, seems to be kind of off color ethnic jokes or downright racist. But I want to be in a group of people at a barbershop that are sharp and funny and is uh, self-reflective. So you can make fun of each other. You can make fun of some of the people that come in there and make sure you don't harass. You, you got you to be able to choose, uh, be a little, uh, you have to have criteria. So you're not harassing someone that's really down on their luck or against the ropes. Get the people with a firm sense of self. You know, you get some wise ass kids come in. That's pretty sharp. I know the kid, the, because hey, trust me, some of these kids are going to do it to you. And there's nothing like, you know, having a kid say, oh, I got to go to that barbershop. And there's a couple guys in there that uh, 
uh, you just tell the parents, the parents say, I don't like going to a barbershop. There's a couple guys in there that, uh, that really pick on me. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you're 13 years old. Uh, what, were they teenagers? Or are they 14, 15? No, no. They're, they're, they're a little older than grandpa. What, what do they say? Well, they make fun of my haircut. They, they call me peanut head. They ask me about my clothes. And uh, what do they say about your clothes? Well, they mentioned something about the circus being in town. Say, isn't that the outfit you picked out? And they go, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, maybe you shouldn't wear that clothes when you go there. Stuff like that. Uh, what do they mean when the circus is in town? Well, son, I think they're saying that you look like a clown. And there's funny things you could say. You know, the shoes. The shoes, hats. You know, God, 20, 30 years ago, it was so easy. With the bit, underwear hanging out, no belt. So it is my dream someday to be able to do that and to be invited into a group. I sit there, drink my, you know, I guess back then it would be drinking coffee or something in a barbershop. And now it would be something like a uh, uh, herb, herbal tea latte as they get older. So I figure I got another 20 years before I even do that. So I better, I hope there's some something out there that keeps me sharp. I don't want to, because it doesn't work, obviously, when you have dementia. So you make it, making references to Babe Ruth, you know, and Luke Gehrig, and Ted Koppel. I don't know why I picked those three names, but you know, or Gerald Ford. You gotta be you gotta be current. You know, now it would be maybe Taylor Swift throwing a couple rappers. I mean, even Eminem. Eminem is a little dated right now. So but fortunately there are means for it. I mean, there's things on the internet that could just you know stay on stay on top of their social media and stuff like that. So you could be on topic when you're harassing people. And I'm not saying harassing the opposite sex and doing anything creepy. Be mindful of that. Well, this is Jim the Keys bartender, hoping you get to be an older person who gets to harass young people when they when the time comes. Bye. <laughs>